So I made a post recently sharing a chapter of my book, How to Get Your Shit Together. The chapter was called Mental Health Checklist. And basically what I did in this post was highlight what a mental health checklist is. You, when you're in a good mental state, work out what works to make you feel better. You know, you might put onto your mental health checklist exercise, meditation, seeing a friend, sitting in the sun, having a bath, certain activities, whatever it is for you that works. You put it on your wall and you leave it there. And the idea being is when you're struggling, when you're having a breakdown, you can look at the wall and go through it because the ideas are already up and there. Past you can save current you from future problems, right? And as a part of this post, part of this little reel, I said the statement, I don't want money to be a barrier to life-saving advice because I put all of my stuff out there for free over time. So if you've been following me for a while, you'll know that over time I release all of my books, everything for free, chapter by chapter. And the idea being that I don't want an inability to purchase to stop you from getting the advice that might help you. That's my internal logic. Um, when I was growing up, I moved out of home at 16 and I simply didn't have the money to spend on basically anything other than survival. I survived off charity handouts. I survived off part-time work. I survived off government handouts. I remember going to a how to cook class class for you know, troubled youth effectively, not because I didn't know how to cook, but because we got to eat the food afterwards. So I couldn't have afforded to buy a book, put simply. So what I want to do with my work is put out that advice for free. Um, because, yeah, for someone like me in that situation, it would have really helped. With the option to, you know, if you want it in a convenient location, if you want it all now, you can purchase a copy, ebook, paperback, audio, all that good stuff. Anyway, the the point of, of this podcast is someone someone mentioned a, a a Instagram follower said to me, you know, that's really like, you know, noble or nice or good or I think she said that's a really nice message lovely message, me saying, I don't want money to be a barrier to life-saving advice. And I realized that I have this internal pushback a little bit, despite it being something that I'm passionate about, that I've been following, that I've been doing for years now, putting my stuff out there for free for that very reason. Part of me still pushes back. Part of me feels not quite qualified, not quite uh, real enough, not quite, I don't know. There's a barrier in my mind saying, why would people care what I have to say? And fair enough, you know, like there's that imposter syndrome. There's that idea that, you know, there's always someone else that knows more. But then I think back and like 
this, this, this person's statement to me saying it's a lovely statement sort of checked me into the fact that it's like, okay, I've got to back myself. I've got to believe what I, what I'm espousing. I've got to put it out there. I've got to make myself feel or I've got to feel what I'm feeling rather. I've got to embody that because the stuff that I put out there is what I believe will be useful is the stuff that has saved my life. And by saving a life, I don't mean like it will, you know, turn your life around as a quick fix. That's bullshit. And by saving your life, I'm not saying that if you follow what I'm doing, you don't need to take medication or have therapy or do anything else. That's also bullshit. What I put out there, particularly in that book, How to Get Your Shit Together, but in general, is stuff that, when done over time, will provide you with tools to trend upwards. It's slow, it's unsexy, but it works over time. So this idea of the mental health checklist, it's helped save me from losing days to a mental health downturns rather than, you know, sort of starting to fall and I don't know what to do with myself and then I lose days. I now might only lose a couple of hours whilst I'm recovering, whilst I'm sort of going through the mental health checklist to feel better doesn't always work, but it sort of, you know, even if it stops 50% of those, you know, day or week long, um, <laughs> mental health declines, that's worth it, right? So the entire book, How to Get Shit Together is filled with those sort of bits of advice. And same thing with everything I'm doing. Currently I'm writing two books on poetry, writing therapy. One of them's going to be called How to Write Evocative Poetry. Because I write poetry all the time, and I do it as a form of writing therapy, and I share it, and people are connecting to it. But I fear that people don't know how to write poetry, or they don't feel confident in their ability to write poetry, because they're comparing themselves to what I'm putting out there. And they're like, well, this this poem sucks, and they don't want to do it. But the thing is, I've been doing it sort of professionally, I suppose. So it's like, you know, like you shouldn't compare yourself to someone that's done something for years when it's your first or second or, you know, when you've only just started out, when, when you're just starting out, those attempts, you know, probably won't be as good as someone that's been doing it for years. But that's that's not the point. It's not the point of comparing your poetry to mine or mine to someone that's better than me. It's about the expression. So the idea of that first book would be me sharing my advice on how to write evocative poetry. And the second book is going to be called something along the lines of creative writing for healing. And the idea of that is, is me sharing how I use writing therapy as a way to sort of process my emotions. And once again, those two books are pushing up against this same feeling of inadequacy, this same feeling of um, not being good enough. Who am I to write a book on how to write poetry? Who am I to write a book on writing therapy? Well, I'm someone that does those things and have found benefit from it. And, you know, I've got a qualification of a teacher. Like that's what I studied and practiced for 10 years. I did it at university and then I was a high school teacher for 10 years. Now I'm teaching and coaching online, right? So it's like, a, that, that's my skill set. Um, and I'll be putting those books out there over time for free too. But it's that same thing of, once again, writing therapy won't fix all your problems, but it will help you to start processing them. I'll talk more about this when I get down to it, when I start releasing the books, there's still a bit of a while off, but I've recognized that I have an issue with apologies. And this is, I, I, this is a sort of a worked example that I, I, I've going to put into the um, creative writing for healing book. But I recognize that I 
crave people's apologies um, to a dogmatic sense. If there's a slight altercation, a slight annoyance, I'll want people to apologise. And this is to my own detriment. It's caused me to you know, get hung up on why people aren't apologised. It's caused me to sort of resent the person. And conversely, I also find myself apologising too much to the extent that you know, almost all my past relationships, friends and um, you know, partners, would say that I apologise too much. And so I was, I was, you know, I had a minor altercation with someone and I was contemplating this. I'm like, what's going on here? So I got a pen and paper out and started writing and poetry came. And then that caused me to introspect more and more poetry came and introspect more and more poetry came. And the end result was that I realized that I crave apologies because for someone to apologize to you, it means you've been seen. It means they've seen you as a person. And one of my core issues is, you know, based on my past is that I felt like I was always put last. I felt like I wasn't seen. I felt like that my needs weren't being met, that I was sort of invisible and just towing the line. It's hitting this core need, you know, and, and, and the need for the apology, the need for the apology or like that drive is like me, like just, Hey, see me. And I'm like, okay, I realize this now. I realize that this need for apology is coming not from the, the apology or the stickler for rules or the morals or any of this sort of like low, like, um, surface level stuff. It's a deeper thing of a, a, a deep lack of childhood trauma and narratives interplaying together. So the writing therapy taught, taught me or showed me that about myself. Now, the next time I had an argument, those needs popped up still. They haven't disappeared, but I know what they're about now. I'm like, oh, I want an apology. It's like, oh, I'm feeling unseen and that's triggering past issues. And that gives me a little bit of a breath because the feelings and the emotions that I'm feeling towards the person that, quote unquote, didn't apologize when they should have, all of those feelings, that emotion, that anger, that issues, it's not towards them. It's hangups from the past. So really I need to just, you know, once I've recognized that, I can step back and just not, not be upset with them because it's not them that's causing the emotion. Whereas in the past, I would have got upset with the person that had a minor, you know, we had a minor altercation with a minor disagreement with. Now... It's like, oh, hang on, I should really be processing these emotions for my childhood. So what I'm hoping to do with the, the writing therapy book, the, the creative writing for healing book, is show you, or show the reader my process. Um, and once again, I'll be putting it out there for free, so I'll keep you updated on that. If you're keen on um, doing some creative writing for healing, I do have a Insight Timer course, a, a I think it's a 10 or 11 day um course where I get you writing poetry and creative writing for healing. That's what it's called. It's going to be called the same thing. Um, yeah, the Insight Timer course is up. So I'll put a link in the show notes to that. Um, so you can check it out if you're keen. Um, but yeah, I guess what I wanted to, to sort of share here is that I'm recognizing that I've got to sort of, that, that there's, there's a need to step into meaning. I've had a couple of bad days at the moment, bad days, had a bad couple of weeks due to a variety of reasons. I've had to work maybe double shifts and it's been a little bit of a different sort of situation to what I'm used to. It's causing a bit of duress. And in the past, I would have run. I would have run from those feelings. I might have quit. <laughs> Caused, you know, issues. Once again, the writing therapy helped me. I realized that I, I like my job. I'm just feeling a bit overwhelmed and a bit upset with the system. <sighs> but that's okay. Because I have a higher purpose. I have goals, and whilst work might be busy now, 
in the future it'll, it'll calm down and I'll be able to back focus on the goals. I've recognized that what I want to accomplish with my life is, or at least at the moment, is to bring the world creative writing for healing. Bring the world the ability to write poetry for themselves to express. Bring the ability to look inside and get it out, you know, get those inner demons out onto the page. That's what I want to bring to the world. I've, I've, I'm very passionate to stop or reduce suicide. But saying that I'd be able to stop or reduce suicide is, well, it's impossible. It's, 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 it's such a common factor of our society, unfortunately, that it's systemic and it would need change to a degree that I don't think, I don't think can happen. But what I can do is help those that are receptive to the message, those that are struggling, those that, you know, m you know, are looking for alternative is the wrong word, but I guess, um, you know, additional solutions to turn to writing. The page listens, doesn't judge. It's always available. It's free. It's there, right? Right. If you're struggling, right. It's a process I do almost daily. Um, and it helps. And I'd love to bring that to the world. So having sort of realized that purpose, it allowed me to sort of get through my work issues more. You know what I mean? So I guess what I'm trying to say is, is I'm discovering what I want to be doing with my life more. It's a process, obviously, it's a journey. I'm discovering things about myself that have always been there. And the more that I discover them, the better I can act. I'm going to leave you with a, with the mental health checklist chapter from How to Get Your Shit Together, played after this, after the end of this podcast. But I also just wanted to mention a few other things. I've started getting um, started getting uh, affiliate sponsors for my different Instagram accounts. So if you're following me on my normal Instagram account or my kink sex positive Instagram account, I'm going to be starting to promote things um, there, and that'll give me a bit of a kickback, which is pretty cool. There's a product that I'm trying that might suit um, the audience of this podcast that I'll I'll bring you uh, next next podcast. Like I said, I've got those books coming. I've got a bunch of, uh, of courses on Insight Timer and on Skillshare. Um, and yeah, just things are just starting to pop. So it's exciting and it's scary and it's fun. And it's like, let's, you know, let's start doing this. I want to start doing uh, live workshops where I have maybe five to 20 people and we're, we're looking at a variety of different things. This could be like, you know, doing a, a, a writing therapy workshop. It could be doing a meditation workshop, these sort of things. So if you're keen, hit me up and let me know about that. Um, and at the moment, I'm starting to do live talks on Insight Timer. So someone, like say, Lucid Dreaming, someone creative writing, someone meditation, where I'll just be doing things live. Um, so stay tuned for that. I'll put all these links in the show notes where you can check out my profiles and stuff. Um, but if you look through my website, you'll find it all there. But yeah, anyway, I'll leave you with the chapter from the book, How to Get Your Shit Together. Check it out. And if you like the book, you can read the chapters that I've got up for free. Or you can grab yourself a copy as a paperback, ebook, and audio book. I'm a big believer in what's called personalized medicine, which refers to customizing your healthcare to your specific needs based on your philosophy, genetics, value system, and unique conditions. 
David Agus. When the symptoms of mental affliction begin to arise, it's important to take action to address the problem as soon as possible. This way the severity, duration, and impact of the affliction will be minimized. Unfortunately, given the nature of mental illness, it's often very difficult, if not impossible, to even realize that an action is needed, or to develop the motivation to do so. Often by the time you are feeling depressed or anxious, any actions taken are only ones that will prevent any further damage. Prevention is always better than a cure. For this reason, I have a handmade poster displayed in a prominent location on my wall, called My Mental Health Checklist. It begins with the words, When feeling depressed, anxious, manic, or dissociated, try the following. They have helped you in the past, and they will help you again. Under that, it has seven categories of suggestions, each with a variety of potential options that I could try. Exercise. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, weights, running, stretching, Tai Chi. Shock the system. Cold shower, sprints, spicy food, loud music. Nature. Sunshine, forest walk, beach, pets. Meditate. Seated, present state awareness, cleaning. Read or write. Read fiction, journal, or free writing. Be logical. Explicitly state your thoughts and compare them to statistics. Status check. Am I tired, hungry, thirsty, or sick? Seek professional help. Talk to your psychologist. You'll notice that the advice given in my mental health checklist all form at least one separate chapter in this book. For that reason, I won't go into the specific benefits of each intervention. Rather, I will elaborate on the importance of having the mental health checklist written up and displayed. I know myself well enough to know that, left alone, the symptoms of a mental health affliction will take a significant amount of time to run its course. However, if I take steps to overcome it, my suffering will be significantly reduced. Unfortunately, when I am suffering, I don't often remember this fact. The mental health checklist sits at a constant reminder to myself that I can take action against oncoming mental health afflictions. I don't choose to have a mental illness, but I can choose how I respond to it. The mental health checklist provides me with a collection of proven techniques that work, for me at least, to minimize the impact of mental afflictions, provided that I take action and actually do them. I made sure to specifically include the words that have helped you in the past and will help you again, because I know that during a bout of mental affliction, it is very easy to feel so downtrodden that it seems like nothing could possibly shift my mental state. This sentence reminds me that it's possible to get better. I just have to take action. Finally, I end my mental health checklist with the advice to seek professional help. For me, this means booking an appointment with my psychologist. I've mentioned it before, but it's worth repeating. There is nothing to be ashamed of seeking professional help, and the services of a good psychologist is invaluable to the recovery process. I would like to be able to stop my descent into a mental health affliction through the prior interventions, but I'm not hesitant to book in a session when needed. I'll suggest that you do the same. Take action. Create your own mental health checklist. You can use mine as a guide, but I strongly advise you to customize your own based on what works for you. Your checklist will always be a work in progress, 
and should be changed and updated as you learn more techniques and experiment with what works for you at the onset of a mental health affliction. Feel free to use any of the advice found in any of the chapters of this book to add to your checklist. Once you've created your checklist, display it prominently in your house, somewhere that you'll be easily able to see it when you need it. This checklist is all but useless if you don't use it. The next time that you notice the onset of a mental health affliction, go to your mental health checklist and take action to pull yourself out of it. I like using the mental health checklist, because even if the individual interventions don't work, you're still taking action with the intent of healing. Sometimes this factor alone can be enough to curb some of the worst components of the mental health affliction. By using the mental health checklist, you are telling yourself that you are committed to at least trying to take action to help yourself. Frequently asked questions. What if nothing gets me out of a bad mental state? I feel like I have nothing to put onto the checklist. It may not seem like it at the time, but there will be things that shift your mental state in one direction or another. In chapter 3.1, Express Yourself Daily, I provide the tools to be able to look back over your past in a detached manner to see what those factors are that would impact your mental state. Everyone's mental state can shift and alter and can be impacted by the actions that they take. Test different things out for yourself. The next time you notice the onset of a mental affliction, rather than staying inside, go outside. Compare the differences. Then try going for a walk, eating different foods, meditating, and so on. Eventually, you'll find interventions that do work for you. If this still fails, I'll strongly suggest that you seek the help of a professional therapist. They'll be able to look at your situation from a trained, experienced, and detached perspective, and will suggest interventions that you may not yet have considered. I have an intervention on my checklist that sometimes helps me, but the last time I was depressed, it didn't work. Should I remove it? No. Not everything will work each time. For me, it really depends on the situation that I find myself in, how quickly I catch the mental affliction, as well as the underlying cause of it that seems to determine which interventions will work. Summary. Displaying a list of self-proven interventions prominently on your wall gives you the best chance to halt the duration, intensity, and impact of mental afflictions. So that was a chapter from the book, How to Get Your Shit Together. It's out as a paperback, ebook, and audio, and I'll put a link in the show notes so you can read the chapters that are up for free right now. Have a great day.